Welcome to This Week in 40K, 40K. your daily dose of all things Warhammer 40,000. 40, Each day, Monday through Friday, we explore the Warhammer 40,000 tournament scene and bring you the latest news, updates, and opinions. We'll be diving into the latest developments in the 40K tournament community, discussing results from events, new releases, and upcoming events, and interviewing some of the biggest names in the world of Warhammer 40,000. So, whether you're a seasoned veteran or a newcomer to the hobby, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us as we delve into the world of 40K. Here's your host, Mufasa. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode. Today, we are joined by Brian Sepp. Brian rose to fame in the 40K community when he came out of nowhere and won the Leicester Super Major in 2021. This was our second event of 2021 after the massive LGT that came out post-COVID. And because of the post-COVID boom in events, the Leicester Super Major was around 400 players. So Brian was new to the scene, straight into the field, and smashed out a 400-player event. Today, we'll be talking a little bit about joining new communities in 40K, getting into the competitive scene, and how you can have success in doing so, whether success means to you winning a Super Major or whether success means to you going along, meeting a bunch of new friends and having fun. Brian, welcome to the show. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background in 40K? How did you get into the hobby? And more specifically, how did you get into the competitive side of the hobby? Sure. So I've been playing 40K since um, third edition, actually. It's been a long time, but it's always been a casual kind of fun thing I do with my friends. You know, picked up in middle school because the toys looked really cool. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's been off and on. I think a lot of people have this kind of story, you know, play when you're younger and then came back to when you're older. Um, and when I moved over um, to the UK for uh, my graduate degree, um, I was making a conscious choice between you know, do I sit there and play um, uh, some, like some card game like Magic the Gathering or something that is a competitive outlet, or do I look at maybe playing 40k over here and trying to have that casual atmosphere again? Um, and so I opted for the for the 40k side of it. And uh, in doing so, I met some uh, some characters like Ennis Wilson um, and a couple other the competitive guys up in Scotland, and uh, that really tickled an itch for me. And this is all kind of happening after COVID, because um, you know I arrived I arrived here and then COVID happened, which was an interesting couple of months. Um, but then I started going to tournaments uh, after COVID, and people started getting out of the house, and it was great. I had a great time, met wonderful people, um, saw myself getting better at the game. Um, and just then started looking down south at some of your events. Um, and as you said, kind of hit the ground running with Lester and haven't looked back since. Yeah, I think you know, it was definitely a shock to our systems because there were sort of some regular faces at Leicester that got knocked out early. I think Malik was you know, one of the favorites at the time, dropped out I think round three after a loss. Um, you ended up playing Boris in the final, who was very tip of the meta at the time with his Drukhari. And I think the Orc Codex had just dropped, so no one really knew how to solve for them yet. So, you know, congratulations on doing that. It was, it was definitely an achievement that everyone took notice of. Um, you mentioned that you had moved to the UK, just so you're adapting to, to a new environment. Um, Scotland, actually, I f- kind of feel is a little bit American in some ways. I think there's some cultural similarities hid- hidden beneath the surface. But um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how 40K is different? So, you, obviously, 
you just transitioned into competitive 40k when you got here but is the is the game different at all in the states to to the uk like is, are the communities different i think there's a lot of cultural differences but is does that translate into like a different 40k culture yeah um i, w- I won't tell anybody here you said that scotland's like america um, <laughs> but um uh yeah as far as um I, th- I think the game is more mature over here um now this might again this might just be my own personal experiences um in the u.s but um when it comes to people's attitudes towards the game towards the hobby um they take it a lot more that's not so much seriously as um just in in stride more relaxed they don't kind of define winning and losing as the only thing that matters um everybody has painted armies that's very important over here um and the hobbying is world class there's some fantastic hobbying in the u.s but there's also a lot of kind of gray hammer that happens if you will um so that was pretty that was really cool coming over here um and experiencing that and then in the tournament scene um as i said everyone is kind of uh advanced um so it's it's they're used to kind of relaxed with respect to uh playing by intent and you know that was kind of an, an eye-opener a bit um none of these uh gotchas i'd say that happens all the time in the u.s um but i i found it it never happened over here um which has been uh pretty fantastic yeah and i think you know that's a big misconception about the competitive 40k scene generally but specifically the tournament competitive 40k scene many people that haven't come think that that gotcha sort of moment is is a key part of the game and it just totally isn't um so you mentioned as well that you got into competitive 40k as a relatively new endeavor. Um, did you have any of these misconceptions about 40k coming into the tournament scene? What, what was your sort of um, psychological background thinking? Did you have any apprehensions about coming in? Um, was it just, yeah, I'm just going to go have fun, see what it's like? Were you curious? You know, tell us a little bit about like what your mind frame was when you got into the competitive scene. Um, I think it was a uh, it, was, it was a bit of a two-faced coin. So on the on the one hand, yeah, I, I had all the negative connotations that a lot of people have with tournaments. Um, you know, that people are going to be playing to win at all costs. That's not going to be fun. Um, that it's just going to be a, you know, a very sweaty affair, if you will. Um, uh, which was quickly dispelled, as I said. Um, and then uh, I also came into it uh, a bit probably overconfident um, because... Uh, the top end of people at tournaments are very, very good at the game. Um, so the last round of my very first tournament, I played against Innis um, and uh, got absolutely destroyed. <laughs> but um, the earlier games in the tournament, I was doing well. And before that, I was I was tearing people up with my orcs um, at my local uh, my local meta. I think I was like 30 and 0. I was feeling really good about myself. Um, so it was an eye opener in the sense of just like how much more there is to grow in terms of uh, as a player. Um, but at the same time, um, how welcoming that environment is to that growth and to that, um, kind of participation, uh, which was, it was the perfect combination, you know, that, that, that room to grow with the environment to do so. That's a really interesting point because we spoke to Kyle yesterday about his sort of integration with the hobby as a personal challenge. We spoke to Vic in one of the earlier episodes about his goals in the future, about you know when you're coming second in the world, you know, really the opportunity for for growth is the main thing you're chasing because if you're just chasing results, you're already he's already winning everything, so there's not many more results to chase. So um, I think that is a super important point and also one that I think a lot of people get. Um, their satisfaction and reward from the hobby as a thing of 
mastering a new skill. Now, we most of us aren't in school anymore. You mentioned you just finished graduate school, but when you leave the sort of formal education system, you no longer have that external gratification from getting good at something. And 40K for many people, you know, if they don't have a job that provides that, that satisfaction is, is primary mechanism for people getting external recognition of their improved skills, whether it's going two and oh to two two and one to, to three and three and oh at a local RTT or, or winning a super major. So I think that is really important. Um what what um what practical steps did we, were you taking when you were you were doing this? So you, you've mentioned a lot of the results and you know these people you've met and stuff, but for people that are going to be moving to a new local scene, like what how do they find these people? What did you do when you when you arrived to like practically sort out your your gaming environment um well the first thing i did when i was trying to get into 40k in, in edinburgh was i mean it's, it's simple just google um i googled you know 40k edinburgh i found the edinburgh um within gamers club it's a in, incredible group of guys um and they really let me slot right into a community over here which um, even outside of the competitive side was fantastic you move into a new country you don't know anybody um, having a group of people that share an interest with you is um is inc- is incredible. You know, gives you that opportunity um to really find a family over here. Um, and then when I was trying to get into the um the competitive side, um, I actually used uh your website um warmer-tournaments.co.uk, I believe. Um. And uh, that lists a bunch of local tournaments that are available. Um, had a map feature as well, and I was able to find the event uh, in Sterling, which is right outside of Edinburgh. Um, that I think it was either Ennis or somebody I mean he knew was hosting, and uh, it was close enough where I could you know take a taxi there or take a train. Um, and so I was able to kind of attend it from there. And then when you were there, I just you just get to know some people. You know, I mean everyone. It's a social activity. You're spending in a five, in a five day tournament. You're going to spend three hours with at least five different people. Um, don't just treat them as an obstacle to you getting getting a win. You know, talk to them, get to know them. Um, you know, learn about them a little bit. You know, if you are worried about the time of the game, you know, do a little before, a little bit after. Um, but you know, use that opportunity to really socialize and and I think you're going to find that um, especially. Um, not just in these local tournaments that I that got started in, but also in the larger ones um, that you're hosting, Zach, the UKTC. It's a lot of the same people, and so you know you get to know some of the people. You're going to get to know all the people just by kind of this uh, um, rippling effect of, of of playing playing folks. And as as you get to know people, um, you will start to develop these resources that you can you can speak to and say, look, hey, I have an idea. You know, is this a good idea, bad idea? Um, could we play practice games, stuff like that? So all that stuff kind of kind of comes from there. Yeah, I think that's super important. You know, all the best players are friendly with each other, and that's why they become the best because they've got other people that are like-minded and similar skill levels to bounce ideas off. So, just for anyone who's not aware, the website you're referencing is our core website. It doesn't just market our own events; as the calendar on there for the whole of the UKTC. So that lists all UKTC registered events, whether it's an RTT in the middle of Scotland or a super major in London, like the LGT. So, anyone that's looking for these small events, you know, they can find them there. Um, you mentioned there, you know, every, you know, all the players kind of know each other a little bit, and I think there's maybe a misapprehension that people have about going to tournaments. That it, it is a boys' club; everyone sort of knows each other. They're going to be in their cliques. Um, but 
from my experience, it's not the case. And I think you 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 touched on on the really good point here, which is you're you're spending at least three hours with at least five different people, and while you may arrive and there's going to be groups of people around the hall talking to each other that already know each other. By the time the event's finished, you're probably going to know one person in each of those cliques. And then the next event you go to, you can go straight up to that group and say hi. So um, I think that is a sort of a crucial point of like, if you, I went to my first tournament by myself. I didn't know anyone. And yeah, I didn't walk in the hall and start chatting to everyone. But you know, by the next tournament, I was. So you know, this is a very welcoming environment by structure because you are forced to talk to everyone for for, for an extended period of time. So um I think that's a, a, an important point to anyone that's thinking about coming to a tournament for the first time is like it, the tournament itself provides you with a mechanism to meet meet people and make friends. So um, speaking of making friends, we had uh, Big George White on. You know, George is obviously from Dice Down, but he was doing our bookies picks for the ITT this weekend. And uh, he mentioned that you had taken his place on Dice Down. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about um integrating into a new team because obviously Dice Down is a very close-knit group of guys and um because they're at the top of the game they tend to be quite insular and trying to keep their ideas to themselves until they they drop them on the tabletop and then obviously everyone takes notice because they probably win the event and then, you know we saw this with Vic's chaos list he um, became the standard Empress children list because no one had seen it apart from Dice Down players until he won an event so what's it like getting involved in a, a small close-knit community like that um, in comparison to, say, a very open, welcoming gaming club that's more diverse in terms of its player base. Yeah, um, I mean, it's kind of funny to say that because the um, the way I've kind of gotten to know the Dice Town folks, at least um, Vic and Dave for sure, besides um, at events and, you know, between playing them or um, playing people they know and then they're kind of hanging around the table, um, is uh, Dave at least um, especially plays a lot online. Um, through with tabletop simulators practice um, for events and there's kind of a core group of us that like to do that Nassim, um, Fuchain, uh, myself, uh, Yoko Johnson, a couple of the bigger name guys that, that like to play a lot of TTS online um, and, and Dave's among there so we've kind of taken to practicing lists together um, and that's how I kind of got to know him um, and then of course we went to Vegas we were gambling a bunch so that was fun um, but uh, you know kind of getting 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 into that group has been pretty pretty interesting, um, in the sense of uh, I'm I'm recognizing that unlike say my local group um, where I'm I'm kind of the big fish in this one um, I'm the, probably the smallest I'm definitely the smallest fish so um, I take that and I try to um, check the ego at the door. Um, you know, for example, I'm never playing elves because uh, Vic is uh, is the best elder player in the world, in my opinion. Um, and so, uh, for me to come there with some kind of a hubris and be like, I want to play Harlequins, guys, in an event where there can only be one elf player, is uh, is uh, would be a bit much. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, you don't want to come into there and and have no opinions. Um, so I just try and contribute when I can, be open-minded. Um, you know, if I have experiences that I think are valuable, um, I voice them. And I think that that's the key sign of some of the top players and top teams is um, they're welcoming to those ideas. They're not going to shut them down because of some they feel elitist or they feel more than the other person or better than the other person. Um, they're recognizing value for value. 
Um, and so if you come in and you say, hey, I played a bunch of games against this matchup, and it's either not good or good, and you can describe what was good or not good about it, um, they're going to take that in stride. They're going to really you know, try and use that information, and that's really been my experience. It's been, uh, it's been a, great, um, a great time kind of planning lists, talking to them, getting to know them. Um, uh, you know, Boris is on the team as well, so it's been nice getting, getting to see him again. I haven't seen him since uh, the first Leicester. Um, so this has been uh, it's been a good good experience. Yeah, and I think you know what you've said just then really highlights the additional pleasure people can get out of the hobby by uh, joining a team. So you know, if anyone's not got a team yet, that's probably something that uh, look at establishing at your local gaming club. If you've got a few guys that play competitive, that would be a good way to get a team started. So if um, anyone is looking to join a team, the next team event we have is the Birmingham GT coming up in uh, May. And tickets for that are currently available at warhammertournaments.com. And of course, the LGT launched on Friday, 24th of Feb. And you can get your tickets for that from lgtpresents.co.uk. Brian, thank you very much for coming on the show. We appreciate your time and talking to us today. Absolutely, Zach. I appreciate it. And it's a pleasure to keep running great events, man. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to This Week in 40K. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to find out more about what we talked about today or to get in touch with us, be sure to visit our website at www.twi40k.com. We would also really appreciate it if you would help us spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and recommending us to all your gaming buddies. And of course, don't forget to subscribe for more great content from This Week in 40K. We'll be back next week with even more news, updates, and opinions from the world of Warhammer 40,000. Until next time, thanks for listening.